OTB AM setting you up for the day ahead. Luton is an easy is an easy name to say. This is what was just happening in the studio here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I know people who have flown into Luton. OTB AM live weekday mornings from seven thirty on the OTB Sports app. OTB GAA. The Football Pod on Off The Ball. In partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode 20 now of The Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Fellas, how are we keeping? You're both looking well with your swag new headphones on. <laughs> Got my new shoes on and headphones uh, uh. and everything's right. I'll tell you what, I can hear better than I can ever hear anything before. You so look good as well. You do, you look great. We all look great. I'm pulling them off. Is that I hope anything? no one actually watches this show today. <laughs> can we get anything just a little bit more subtle? Like, maybe a tiny bit smaller than these things. Like, I, I'll work on it. <laughs> I'll work on it. But I, th- I think it's improved the sound a little bit. So we, we'll see how it goes. Yes. Uh, James, like, uh, there's definitely images of you on Sportsfile walking into a match with big Beats, or the probably Beats headphones that you've had on. Like, what what would you be listening to going into a game? Oh, what was I listening to? That's a good question. Oh, whatever was relevant at the time, I didn't have a set playlist or anything. Really? I wish I did because the music is powerful, like, isn't it? But I never really, I never really got into that scene. I just kind of a distraction, just to kind of get the the right juices flowing but it was always just what was in the chart at the time okay so I did actually have I had a massive pair of of Beats earphones and they were actually bend then afterwards why? it was like because they just look at I remember seeing <laughs> I just remember seeing another team then and they all had him and I was like that looks brutal they, and I was they, after wearing him a few weeks before they were at a rage though weren't they? it was around that late noughties early tens yeah Everyone had the old beats on. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, people did just get slayed. It was like, uh, it's like the soccer lads. And so it the NBA. If they started in the NBA, I think the lads just rocking into the stadium with them on. Yeah. A, a massive pair of headphones and a small little wash bag then, which are moisturizer. And- <laughs> <laughs> your Macassar gloves in your wash bag. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Paddy, surely you're, you're a man with a bit of better taste than James O'Donoghue when it comes to music. We yeah. didn't get to talk about Bruce Springsteen. I was brought to tears twice in the RDS oh, and yeah. Chase tonight. It was that good. It was absolutely The river. Good. Yeah, what got you? Not the what river, no. no uh, it wasn't the river. It was the tributes to his, you know, his old buddies and the old some, members of the East Some gig, guys. isn't he? Like, Unreal. On him. In the 70s, like, he could still oh, run around the place. Spotted magic. around Dublin town, having a few points, most yeah. of the days as well. Uh, some boy out. But no, I was, uh, I'm similar to Jimmy. I'm not a big music head at all. Some lads swear by it. I definitely, I, without doubt, there were a couple of times I had the stupid beats, headphones on as well. Um, but after that, no, it's kind of, I'd be pretty relaxed the older I got. Like, mm. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather old. have a chat. I'd rather have a chat. Yeah, yeah. And even a laugh and a joke before a game than be wired to the moon listening to headbanging stuff. Yeah. But particularly, even the bus into a game, sure, the throwing's not for a couple of hours after that. Like, yeah. There's no point in lepping off the bus and you have two hours to kill before you're actually going out onto the pitch. But uh, no, these these That's headphones right. do bring back catastrophic memories of how Shabbat I'm wearing these look. uptown now. I ain't going to wear these. <laughs> Walking to work. <laughs> Don't talk not, to me. Not, oh, man. Oh, look at Yeah. Um, Yesterday, we, we got to sit back and, I suppose, watch the provincial finals uh, on TV. Paddy, you weren't working this weekend. James, you had to feed up yourselves. 
Uh, the what would you rather the, the I suppose the quieter confines of Crow Park or the vuvuzelas of Clonus ringing around your ears? <laughs> well, I'd say the atmosphere up in Clonus was unbelievable. Mm. I'd say it was quality twenty eight thousand packed in. Whereas if you had that in Crow Park, obviously, look, we're not even going to get into that, but. The atmosphere up there was just sensational. I'd say the buzz doing the parade in front of that crowd for the lads playing must have been sensational. Now, the Vuvuzelas and the air horns, I add them to the rule book. They should be banned. Oh, no, so, so, there, someone made a few quid out of it, though, because every young <laughs> clown has had one of them. There was 20 thousand air horns, I'd say. <laughs> what would you say they were selling them for outside Clownus? Somebody get on to yeah, the bar and tell us. I agree. Uh, they're, they're a factor in Clownus, the big game days in Ulster. I always remember those bloody yeah. air horns. Yeah, they're not. You, they were at the. There was a few of them tipping around the Munster Championship right this year, but nowhere near the. If some fella next to you had that, and next thing you weren't oh. expecting, and he blew the air horn into your ear. Beats on fairly sharpish. What 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 you think, lads? Because we got another penalty shootout. You know my stance on it. I loved them. Thank yeah. God. You know I never played in one, but the uh, the drama of it, it was was Class, it just huh? me, or did it take about half an hour to actually complete the penalties? Yeah. Poor Comis- Comiskey from yeah. Armagh had about a 10 minute wait because McGuigan would come back to McGuigan. Tried to I thought McGuigan was actually doing a celebration when he scored. I was like, go on, doing like a moonwalk or something. But he's actually, his, leg, his legs just nearly fell off. Yeah, stretch but, uh, around. Would we, I think it was Kieran ah. Whelan on the Sunday game made the point, would you have wanted to see a re- I know there's no time, but if you've seen a replay there, another full house in Clonus uh, and that spectacle again, oh, I yeah. wouldn't mind seeing that as well. The Penos, lads. They're, yeah. There's, no, on, the Penos are better. Kieran McGee, probably doesn't think this. That's two, zero for two for them and two massive games. But uh, the drama, lads. Ooh. And some of the strikes. Or yeah. on Lynch. <laughs> Lynch is Incredible saves. saves. Yeah. Incredible saves. It was a slow burner, though, wasn't it? We were on the WhatsApp. It wasn't it was a, it wasn't a great start. first half. But... Uh, yeah, the quality just ramped up with the intensity. The last kind of twenty minutes had extra time as well. It was a, it was a cliffhanger. The, the tension swung. Yeah, it looked like Armad done it when they went two up in, in extra time. But I tell you what, I think Connor Glass mentioned it after we're waxing lyrical about David Clifford and Conor Callahan for years in this. That performance from Shane McGuigan yesterday, yeah, the game, the we, we know he's got quality, but yesterday was different. It was just like. Leadership, leadership. Yeah, yeah, leadership. The far, the long range free, he gets an extra time. I know there's a bit of a breeze behind the butt. And he, he buys his steps, kick. rightly so. He, bu- yeah, he bought uh, a couple of yards, but what a kick. Toner as well. Toner takes those frees. He gets about Toner over, carries the ball on the free. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I can't believe someone hasn't pulled them on this. I remember we were up in... Um, <sighs> up in Healy Park watching him in the semi-final against Monaghan and honestly I was like is that, why, how is the Monaghan crowd not gone mad he takes about 30 steps before he kicks the free like, yeah. he takes every he's free he's improved no matter, though his frees have improved no matter where it's from he shoots from inside the D yeah. <laughs> he yeah, just yeah. runs to the D on his free and he kicks it over but uh, just, just on McGuigan Carol Kane from the Irish News has put out a thread on Twitter today at lunchtime and it was where Derry, Derry rescued it and Shane McGuigan's part mm. so it's it's five short videos and they start when Rafferty kicks Armagh two up in extra time in the last five minutes of the game. And 30 seconds later, Rogers is coming down, going in a blind alley. McGuigan shows outside him, demands it, clips it over, back to a point within 30 seconds. Next kick out, um, Derry win it. McGuigan shows again on the outside, burns James Morgan, wins a free, draw game. Well, see, that was the, that was the thing. The was free was, was 10 well. yards further out, but... Reno O'Neill came in and, and bundled him, didn't he? And he brought it up. Yes. 
Yeah. That was that was in terms of game management. He wins the kicker too, yeah. In terms of game management, it cost him because McGuigan had a shot at the post, whereas that would have been probably ten or ten yards back. He wouldn't have been able to shoot it. If it, yeah. like because obviously, and I think Kenevan said this in the in the commentary, when you lose a game, yeah, and by a point or on penalties or whatever, you're suddenly looking at all the things you can do better. Whereas if you if you kind of win it, you're not really thinking about all those things. You're just thinking about what we did well. Yeah. So yeah. I think Armagh can look back at so many things, that small little things that would have got him over the line. And I think there was there was loads and look back on. If you think Jimmy like Lachlan Murray's hand passed over the bar to put Derry in front in a minute into injury time of extra time, you think that is it? And Derry aren't going to give it up. And Stefan Campbell makes a brilliant run and gets a. I thought it was a free. It was probably soft, but he knew what he was doing. But he got a hand on the back. I do. I I think it was a free, but he he went for it. Like like, and he gets a brilliant score. This was just as the game was kind of kicking into gear in the second half. It was very back and forth it was very cagey and he gets a brilliant score cutting off I think Ethan Rafferty gives it to him um, just a raw pace straight through the middle and clips a brilliant score and it takes takes balls to go for that because you know yeah. if you, you go full tilt into that Derry defence you, you could be easily be swarmed but uh, it's bravery there and, and the last play for him to win that free and Reid O'Neill obviously kicks it over it was just it was that it was so back and forth there were so many times in the last an extra time in the last probably 15 minutes of normal time we were thinking Armagh have this or Derry have this and it would mm. swing again so look it was the provincial championships geez, they needed one decent final to come out we always knew the Ulster final whoever was in it uh, particularly when it was when it was Armagh and Derry qualified that it was going to be a cliffhanger and, and it was and the penalties yes oh. replay, it could be it could be a, another brilliant day out but the drama of penalty kicks is That's worth it, all right. incredible. What, what incredible. were McGuigan's other two instances then, Tom? So, so he had the, the third one was the kick in the free so over. He actually, the no, he actually won a free. He actually won a free before that. And mm. then yeah. the free you reference is the equaliser, but he wins two kickouts. Oh, sorry. So he actually wins two kickouts as well um, in that time. Or maybe it's one. But it, like, have a look at the tread. It's just these little moments in the last five minutes. And then he goes and he buries his penalty after Rian O'Neill misses his. No wonder he cramped up. Actually, it, it didn't look like a great penalty. <laughs> no, no, I, no I, I don't remember. Well, he went. Did he send the keeper the wrong way? Did he send the wrong way? Yeah, I don't know. Was he going the other? Way? He was going to his own left, but he cramped up, so I just took it more central. I think was it? Yeah, look, it went in. It doesn't down the middle is is an option. Yeah, it is. No yeah. Perenka again. I have to say, oh, Penenka, oh. did you see? Did you see John Bostak? John yeah, Bostak pulled out the Penenka for not counting. Yeah, they they won at least. At least they're not true, yeah. But I have to say, both McFall and Glass's penalties, when they kicked them first, I'm thinking the Rafter Sky in there. Yeah, I thought they so both too. literally clipped the underneath of the crossbar. No chance for Ethan Rafferty, but uh, like it, in terms of drama, like, I don't think it's going to be the last penalty shootout we're going to see. But, but for Armagh to, to lose to Galway last year in the quarters after an incredible game, to lose the Ulster Championship final yesterday as well, and you, you said it, Jimmy, not just losing yesterday. The group they now go into, like the winners, whatever about winning the Ulster title, which is an incredible prize in its own right. The winners get a far uh, more serene draw in terms of of, of the groups. You'd fancy Derry to top their group hands down, whereas Armagh go into the group with Galway and Tyrone. <laughs> so it's a double whammy for them. Really, really hard one to take. Um, and as, as you said, I kind of referenced it yesterday. When you lose a game like that, there's so many moments. That just swing it, but uh, but for Derry, 
I thought they'd win it beforehand. There were times where it was looking ropey, but McGuigan and Connor Glass as well, I thought. Rogers was brilliant in the earlier parts of the game, but the leadership they showed to get Derry over the line, what an incredible victory. Yeah, well, look, at with, with Derry, we're going to get into that now. With Derry, we, we can't not mention the Rory Gallagher situation, which is obviously ongoing at the minute. And legally, as you'll have heard on RT and the BBC over the weekend, this isn't something that can be got into or discussed in any depth. But I'm sure you'll have read his statements as well as the Facebook post and the interview with his ex-wife, Nicola Gallagher, last Tuesday and, and yesterday as well. And as we're all aware, on Friday, Rory Gallagher stepped back as the manager of the Derry Footballers and his coach, Kieran Mina, the former Tyrone footballer, took charge of the team for the Ulster final. Mina said it afterwards, he found it difficult to get messages in given the noise and the tension and how uh, manic the game was. So I think it's fair to say that this Derry team, they have the work done, it's in the bones, the experiences they've had over the last couple of years, winning Ulster last year and going on and winning it again this year. It's fair to say that they were well-drilled and they knew what they had to do. Um, But as we've said already, Armagh are going to be kicking themselves. They had the opportunities. And this is something I put up yesterday. The sliding doors moments. We talk about luck when it comes to management and the sliding doors moments that have happened in Kieran McGinney's managerial career. When you look back in the last 12, uh, 15 years, he had the penalty shootout last year with Galway. He had the penalty shootout this year in the Ulster final. He had that All-Ireland um, quarterfinal against Donegal in 11, settled after extra time. The All-Ireland semi-final in 2010 against Down. Benny Coulter's square ball being the deciding factor in that game. Sometimes luck goes against you, but when on earth is it going to swing in McGinney's factor? Because Armagh got a lot of stuff right as well. You have to say that the squeeze they got on, on Derry was good. Paddy, was there was there things in particular that you thought Armagh had absolutely nailed this time around? Um, okay. <laughs> they're not that far away from it and I think they would still have a massive say in this championship. It's a tough group they're going into, but they won't fear it. And we know, we've said probably the flaw with this the new group system is that three yeah. teams are going to qualify anyway. So even if Armagh, they have to regroup. You, you put Galway as the favourites for, for that particular group. Galway play Tyrone on, on Saturday, obviously, as the All-Ireland series kicks off. But it was interesting. Like Stephen Campbell, I think, is one of Armagh's best players. They decided to use him off the bench. You can understand why teams are trying to do that. Um, and he did have a massive impact there. The Rafferty thing, like I've said this before, I think he's the best exponent to that fly goalkeeper. But the caveat with that is that you are robbing Peter to play Paul in a way. His goalkeeping skills are probably not of the highest standard. And you see the goal yesterday, it seemed like a lifetime ago, Brendan Rodgers fist the goal the, the goal into the net into the first half. Yeah. And I was thinking, in a game that tight, that was such a massive, massive swing. To you colour know, the rest so, of the game. I remember yeah, really, chasing the rest of the time. Chasing the whole way, but they did. We we know they're really, really well conditioned. And to be fair, it looked like Derry were the ones who were kind of going to cramp it towards the end, particularly in extra time as well. So McGinney and Armagh have got a lot right. They probably didn't get as much out of Turbot and Mernon, who were kind of revelations in the first three games of the Ulster Championship. They didn't get a lot of change out of them. They won't be the first guys to go yeah. against that Derry like, defence. James, like, does the credit have to go to Owen McAvoy for that? He actually marked the two of them. He swapped with McCaig throughout. He had a superb game. Um, we saw at one stage Owen Lynch getting caught 50 yards from goal and Chrissy McCaig gets the paw in and Rean O'Neill. There's these massive moments in mm. the Armagh attack. It really only felt like Rean O'Neill caught fire and Stephen Campbell, when he came in, yeah. added a little bit. Yeah. Why Why didn't it click for the rest of them? Is it the Derry defence or did the Armagh lads just not? This is going to sound ridiculous, but 
if you think about even the kick passing, a long ball, you couldn't look up and pick out a fella in your own jersey with the with the jersey clash. I honestly think that could have been a fa- I know you're going to laugh. I, that honestly could have no, been but a fa- I remember we played, talking about it. we played, Kerry Donegal played the All-Ireland at 14. I swear to God, you could not see two lines. You could only see the line ahead of you. Really? Clearly. And know for sure that was one of your players. And that was yellow versus green and a bit of yellow. This was orange versus red. Honestly, I was watching squinting. I can't imagine what it's like when you're playing, sweating your eyes, sun. That must have been very tough. But that, I who think that might have been call? a small factor. Who's that on, James? Is that Ulster Council? Is it? Who needs to make Because it was. It was ridiculous. But Derry's, Derry's home jersey is is predominantly white. Yeah. At club level, it's the referee, isn't it? Like, I don't know what happens at county level. I presume James it's the Ulster having to go with David Goff here again. Goff is the best in the business. <laughs> that man's the best in the business. He had a few, he had a few controversial decisions. Ah, the, the fingers, the fingers with Shane McGuigan. I was sure he was gone. I thought if, yeah, if Goff had been told like by his umpire... He did for a pinch, not the fingers. No, no he showed the fingers. I think I he thought he was doing fingers. nipple cripple. We did that as well. You don't mind, like, look, that can happen. Yeah. But the fingers, I've had that done to me. That is... Really? That's not nice. Because you can yeah, easily lash nice. out. You can easily yeah. lash out yourself and you'll be the one to get the red. Did there. you get them dislocated? Because it looked like McGuigan had to get them put back in. No, they weren't dislocated, but it is, an, it is a sore one. And I agree with Jimmy. You can you can snap because it's such a, it's so painful and you're not expecting it. So... Uh, look, Goff gave the yellow. Like, is it actually in the rule book? Is there I don't a know, specific rule for that? Thinking, uh, he obviously be. leans. He leans a lot on his umpires. He yeah, like yeah. he he like his communication setup. I'm not sure if every referee does it like him. He leans a lot on his umpires, so he trusts exactly what he's told. He was 40 yards away facing the other way, so he was. I think told, it is a red because it I happened to us yeah. in a game as well. With Alan Fitzgerald playing for Kerry. I okay. think it was McGee did his fingers, and Alan punched him, and they both got red. Okay. So for doing the fingers and a punch, but on our man, if you think about what they can improve, obviously there was things in the game, but individually, up front, Reno Neal got six and Grugan got two. Grugan and no other so. forward came on yeah. un- until Campbell came on and got two. Like, but is that a bit on Derry, James? Is that what Derry do to teams? I know. Particularly in a tighter field. Derry struggles maybe in Crow Park because it's not as easy to implement that defence. But he gives, like Turbot and Mernon and Armagh were brilliant. We know they want to kick the ball. Long kick pass inside. I don't think we've seen that at all yesterday because Derry are just, one, they probably couldn't see their jerseys. But two, Derry were just so compact in their defence. I know. But in those big games... Those forwards, and we've all been there, and this is this is from the outside. You have to find a way to just yeah. get your paws on one and swing it over. Do you know, just just get one, and you're you've contributed so much. Then I think they'll learn from that as well. McPartland didn't score, and he was coming up with big plays. Yeah, he was so, taking off as well. Yeah, like you're thinking, will they play Campbell from the start from now on? Because he seems to be such an inspirational player. He's the one man who can who can create a score, probably from either side, from any mm. distance. He's probably a score that they're that they're leaving out of the team for the impact. Yeah, um, I, 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 I got that. Ross McQuillan as well comes on. He gets a, a score on extra time as well, and he's got real pace as well. Like if you're playing against yeah. that defense, and we we'll talk about Dublin later on. Dublin Dublin's performance against Kildare, where they were faced with that challenge, and it was so slow. It was all in front of the blanket defense, and that's yeah. fine because you're kind of keeping the ball. I get all that, but to actually really challenge the defense, you need turn them. You need penetration from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to get the kick pass, I agree, Turbot and Mernon need to try and work their way into the game somehow. I remember you, Jimmy, 
you would have done this in the 2014 final against Donegal. But you, you might play out the pitch and try and impact the game. You might not score as much, but you have to. How do I impact this game? I, I know what my yeah. primary goal is. I want to catch a long kick pass in and clip a beautiful. It's score. not going to happen. No. Some games just don't allow you to do that. Whereas if Armar weren't going to kick the ball in, well then they need pace. Rafferty gets two scores, Campbell gets two scores, just by really breaking the line, and it's brave to do it. Ross McQuillan gets one, there's a little bit more space at extra time, but for Armagh, if they face that challenge again, and look, how many teams really play that defence really well? Derry are one of them. Tyrone probably don't really do it as well anymore. Galway can do it, so their challenges they're going to face in that group. It's the kind of gamble. Do we play these guys with real pace from the start and try and run the ball really quickly? Because if you're playing Armagh, if I'm playing them, I know what they want to do. They want to kick the ball long inside to that forward line. Okay, so I'm going to try and set up to stop that. You know, and I think that's where Derry did that really, really well yesterday. I think it was a bit of both that Derry's defence was excellent and their structure, their homework was done. But I do agree, if you're Turbot and Mernon looking there today, going, that was just... They just didn't impact the game enough. You've got to make it happen if you can. Yeah. Maybe that bit of inexperience kind of caught them there. But again, it's back to that they were so close to so winning close. the game. Yeah, so that's close. it. And like, this is why it's good for Armad because they're going to look at all these things and have the chance to improve them. Yeah. It actually yeah, will they, make they'd like to do it on these things. Titles, <laughs> like, I know, I know, but know. in the long run of things, they're still a kick in Armad. They're like, still a kick. Like, yeah, you'd have to say if Oren Lynch doesn't I don't know how he hells off the two lads and doesn't let that ball go out for 45 at the end of the game whatever about Rian O'Neill nailing that free out of his hands Rian O'Neill off the deck from 45 yards is putting that over the bar like. he just chips yeah. it over he can get yeah, 70 yeah. yards like. oh. but, but there's like, the ball players. just sitting on the line like sitting on the end line it's like someone just touched that it's and ridiculous for, for Lynch not to over carry look he um I still have reservations about him coming out with the ball. There was a couple of times yesterday where it's just like this. I'm not a huge fan. He has I, come on leaps and bones. He, he's gotten better at it, Jimmy, but there was two or three times yesterday as well where it's like this is not going to end well. Now, look, he's the he's the hero in the end with the shot stopping in the shootout. And that was another, I suppose, drawback with, with Rafferty going. I know he saves a penalty, but it's not. He's not a natural goalkeeper for everything you get going forward from him. That's look, but they're not for turning out, or they're not going to change at this point. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I feel like I feel like he had, he could have looked back and felt like he cancelled out the goal. Eventually, he kicked two points and he played a part in two other scores. But like, I don't think it works like that, does it? It just, it just. No, but his scores were inspirational. Brilliant. Yeah. Like the yeah. two scores were outstanding. Yeah. Their clutch yeah. moments, I thought, like Green O'Neill with two points at the end of the. Of first half, even just to keep Armagh yes. in touch, keep tipping over, keep the scoreboard going, and then Rafferty coming up with the big plays. Like they had, they had these big moments in the game, but Derry just Derry were Derry were Derry. In fairness to them, they they made out a great score to go one up and then dug it out. Uh, Armagh obviously, and it's easy to look back and now Armagh obviously sets her stall out at the start. They made two late changes. James Morgan returning, one of their main man markers, yeah. a great yeah. addition. A great addition. Obviously, he had you know he got booked and he stayed on McGuigan even after he got booked, and they brought in Barry McCambridge as well for Creeley and Stephen Campbell. We saw the impact that Stephen Campbell made off the bench, and that's an easy debate to have. Do you know whether you have Campbell off from the start, one of the most informed players in that Armagh team, or bringing him in for that punch towards the end as a finisher? You might say. Were you surprised they set up in quite a conservative way? Like I'll be honest, I thought 
it was a good way to set up facing this Derry side. And you still had five quality attackers in Grugan, Mernon, Turbot, Duffy and O'Neill. No, I, I, I definitely wasn't surprised at how they set up. I think that's the way they were always going to set up. But even at the start of the game, I think Derry held the ball for, for about two minutes. Three and a half. Three, was it three and a half? Well, the the, it was three and a half. They got the, the sideline ball, but it was three and a half, including the sideline. Yeah. yeah. But they, they did that point. four or five separate times in the first yeah. half. That, that's the challenge Derry bring, that you're trying yeah. to, they will try and control, slow the game down to their tempo. And that's. And mentally, you do switch off there, Paddy, as a, mm. when you're chasing the ball, you might run over to the cornerback, back over the other side. Then you're going, Jesus, how long is this going to go on for? You do switch <laughs> off a little bit. And if that happens four or five times, that's not easy. Like. No. But, th- but that, that's the challenge. And, I, and like, I, I think, and I know what Peter Campbell was saying, yes, do, when Brendan Rodgers goes off and our man had the extra man, do they kind of regret? Do they not go for it enough? And I'm going, well, they were two points up an extra time. They were controlling the game. It wasn't a case where they're just going to throw caution to the wind at that stage of the game. Mm. Um, so look, I, I think that was, that's an easy kind of criticism to throw at our man, but I thought an extra time they'd done so much right to get into that position and it's just the brilliance yeah. of Connor Glass and McGuigan. And sometimes it, that just happens when you're, you're playing the absolute top team. They've got the, this quality there, but in terms of their overall approach, well, I think they, they didn't get a whole pile wrong. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I wouldn't be looking at McGinn and going, geez, he's had a howler there. Definitely no. not. Yeah. You know, and I, I agree with James and your point. Yes, they're into a really difficult group now in the All Ireland series. They have two weeks to lay out, but uh, I, I still think there's a massive kick in them. Like, yeah, I think three, so, yeah. three, three out even of four if they come third, through. even if they yeah. come third in that group, they'll they'll take beating as a as a third place team versus the second place team to get into the quarters. Would like, you put them? Would you put them ahead of Toronto? You could. They could take a scalp off any of those teams. Yeah. They could top their group. I mean, if 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 it goes their way, I fancy Galway to I fancy Galway to win that group. But it's we know what predictions how hard it is to call some of these games. Like so, you well, just don't know. What's lads, going wouldn't it be so good if it was just two teams going through? Yeah, like the group. The problem together. with that is we we'll end up getting dead rubbers then as well. No, it's back to the we don't care. Thing, we don't but care. Like, dead rubbers are fine because imagine how much you've seen on one or two Saturday. games that weekend. But imagine these games this Saturday if you know Kerry and Mayo down in Clarny or Galway and Toronto and Salt Hill. Knowing that if you're beaten in one of these games, like you're in serious trouble now. Yeah. Yeah, even if you lose on Saturday, it's like both on go, obviously. But even if you lose on Saturday, <laughs> it's uh, they're still you're still gonna get through realistically. Mm. But uh, but our ma, I look, they'll have a massive say in it, and yes, <laughs> they'll have loads of lessons, the small little things, the small moments yesterday. But that's not gonna make it any softer today. They, they were 15 years since their last Ulster their title, and they were. Yeah. At different stages in that game yesterday, they were they were nailed on. It's the same yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, just to give Derry a word because obviously we've been a lot of our mad air. Like some of Derry's individual displays, what I thought were outstanding. Like Connor Glass, yeah. when they were point down, he was one thirteen to seventeen, and Connor Glass fetches the kick out from yeah. Rafferty, yeah. and that's the play that nearly wins it for them because they get back level from the free. Then McGuigan wins it and gets a free. But like, if they lose that kick out, they're probably gone back two down and it's game over. Yeah. So it does come back to those massive plays and Connor Glass always has a huge play in him. And he's, mm. he is outstanding. He's an outstanding operator. Great time Isn't that the way you touched on it last year? The teams will bury what they would have taken from last year, that experience and confidence in their play. You know, if you look at the Galway All-Ireland semi-final last year, when the chips were down, they, they didn't really perform. They didn't have the answers. And you put them into that unbelievable pressure situation yesterday and all the Ulster Championship games to date. 
they look like they've moved up a level. They haven't done anything drastically different in terms of approach or anything like that. The, the players just seem to have more confidence in themselves. You get standout plays, big moments mm. from the likes of Glass, McWigan, Christian McCaig yesterday. Dave, Rogers. Dave Yeah, Rogers was brilliant through... First, the first half, 45, yeah. 50 minutes of it probably gets a little bit tired, but that's because he's just up and down in the middle of the pitch the whole time. Like, so Derry, they've moved on another level without really reinventing the wheel from what they were doing last season. But that's what that confidence they would have taken from from winning the Ulster title last year, from, I think, beating Dublin and Celtic Park and winning promotion back to Division 1. These are all, we said at the time, steps along the way in the team's development and yesterday again to win a game like that in those circumstances the confidence they will take going into the All-Ireland Series now and like I said they're on they've got a softer draw than if that they they are going into Where are the neutral yeah. games on? Are they Crow Park based or are they neutral? Get a line James draw a line from stadium to stadium exactly. and find the middle and as the crowd the flies nah, as the crowd nah. flies Put and it'll be like Tullamore will get a couple of games Port Leash so it is actually a proper neutral venue yeah neutral yeah, yeah. what do you mean oh, proper neutral proper neutral what's that supposed to mean but as in like Crow Park isn't I don't know we'll probably not... be there'll probably be a double header in Crow Park but I'm not sure the doubles will be there double aren't they playing Crow until they get to the all Ireland final lifted it was it yeah, well, that's the dubs really are back. Baby. Let's talk about the dubs. Let's talk about the dubs. And like, <laughs> I, I have people like people don't know how Tuxin Twitter works. Like one game. seven, seven minutes into that game, when the dubs have had seven turnovers in the first eight attacks, I said, if Loud can settle here, they'll keep themselves in it. Mm-hmm. And the amount of after the fact lads coming back to me a day later saying, "Oh, you weren't too sharp with that one, were you?" But let's just start. Uh, you did back. You did back Loud for the All Ireland there. When you when you hear that Brian Howard, Niall Scully, and Jack McCaffrey are starting, you know that Desi Farrell has got his first fifteen together. That was the strongest Dublin team, as close to it as we've seen so far. I know Merchant's out. I know Fitzsimons is back yet. I know Dean Rock is is coming in off the bench at the minute, um, and a couple of others. But like Dublin clicked yesterday in a way that we probably haven't seen them click so far yet this year. Before I come to Paddy. James, did they do enough to please you this week after your uh, questions of them last week? They did, but they were always going to win that game. I mean, if we <laughs> if we call a spade a spade, I think that it was good to get that 15 on the field because they've kept us guessing so much and we've been like, are all these fellas, these top-notch players after going down in value or why are they on the bench? Like, what's going on? So to get those fellas on, there's no doubt that once their starting 15 is on the field that they'll be a different animal. I mean, and we were saying split the dubs in two and split this in two before. Your best 15 is still your best 15. You need to have your best players on the field. No one has 25, 26 top of the range players. You're lucky to have 15. So I think the Dublin need to get their best 15 on the field regularly and leave them there. I think that's going to be the key to them finding form and getting back to actually the bit of chemistry they need. Yeah, one of the other, you know, bits of secret sauce is the 1993 boys, Kilkenny, McCaffrey, Mannion, Small and Fenton have never lost a match. They've started together. Um, they're all back together at the weekend. Jack Mack kicked two points and seemed to go off. It looked like a precautionary sort of thing. He, he walked off the pitch anyway. So hopefully for Dublin and for football fans, that's not a bad injury um, because he seemed to be flying in that game. For the rest of the Dublin side, Sean Bugler was man of the match, Pat. And he, Fitzmaurice referenced it in commentary 
the amount of work that he was doing off the ball, the tackles he was putting in, the running he was doing. He scored 1-3. He was very impressive. What what does Bugler bring to the table? Um, well, he, He's real pace and he's a scoring threat from the half-forward line. Uh, um, me and James, we spoke about this, we referenced the, the half-forward position has definitely changed from maybe back in the day, but um, the best ones are always a scoring threat. You can get caught up in doing loads of unseen stuff and all that. That's all important, working hard and being a link player and all that stuff. But if you've got a scoring threat from the half-forward line as well, that is invaluable to a team. And Bumper's only a young fella. He's been around the panel. He's got His talent has never been in question. But no more than what we just said about Derry. Big performances on big days. And the Leicester final is still, if you're, especially if you're a young Dublin player, that's still a big game even though Dublin won't come for So for him to go out, and I thought as well, deserved man of the match, I thought John Small was excellent as well at different stages in the game as well. But for Dublin, that's a massive plus to have. I thought Howard coming back was imperious. And it's. I was getting worried. I think all Dublin fans go exactly what James is saying. We, we weren't seeing a lot of him at all. You know, Scully's kind of been in and out. We know his quality, but Howard is a Rolls Royce of a player. So to see him get back in yesterday, Played really, really well. I thought it was a massive plus. I actually genuinely put my old uh, Kerry hat on here. I didn't think Dublin were that great yesterday. I thought the first 10 minutes, the first maybe 15 minutes, they were they were very sloppy. They have a couple of balls dropped short. They're still probably not as clinical up front. I know they score. It was a 5-21. Realistically, and particularly the second half, they butchered some goal chances as well. Like, like genuinely, they they would be annoyed that they didn't score eight or nine goals yesterday. Dean Rock um, was raging. You could see that he he was. I don't want to fist it over. He was literally like, I don't even want to fist this over the bar. I'm so raging at how we've done. and there was bad options being taken up front in the second half. But the, I think the first ten minutes was sloppy. I think the last five minutes before half time, Dublin lose four kickouts in a row. Um, that will not be. Um, accept it they will look at that most certainly it wasn't a com- complete performance at all despite the, the margin of victory but I said it last week you just wanted to see you wanted to see the best players in the pitch available and that we did that and I think you, I wanted to see even 20 minutes of Dublin just going at it and we saw that yesterday that second quarter not even the whole quarter about 10 minutes where they just annihilate Caliph's kickouts and pour yeah. from loud to, to like you have to change something there. But when a team can do that to an opponent's kick out, it just shows mentally they're sharp. They're switched on. I don't think that was the case against Kildare. I thought there was definitely a lack of intensity yeah. in their play and their tackling. But their their first half at stages yesterday, and the other positive thing was the impact they got off the bench. Paddy Small coming back, Collie Pascal coming back, real pace, energy off the bench. And they, like, louder a fit team, but Dublin, absolutely steamrolled them in that fourth quarter as well. So there's loads of positives for Dublin as well. I think a tick box is most certainly that I was looking to see can we get those guys on the pitch. The drawback, um, they play Roscommon in two weeks' time. Um, McCaffrey, it didn't look that bad. Like he kicks the score, he kicks the score as he's kind of injured. But we see how important he is to Dublin and do they take you can't really take risks for that. No. You know, they, need him for, they need him for a quarter and that's, a semi. That's what I mean. like, they don't need him for the group. Would we see him against Ross Cameron in two weeks' time if it's, say, like a, I don't, I don't know, if it's like a tweak or something. It's obviously something if he's had to come off. Um, and that's the, the challenge there. He is integral. He will be integral. I think Khan and Mannion probably at moments yesterday 
they were really good, but I don't think they were at their sharpest either. There was a couple of things you're going, mm, okay, that, that's not what you'd expect from them as well. But in terms of where Dublin got or where they came from from two weeks earlier against Kildare, it was completely like a transformation, much, much better. Their intensity, their work rate, things like Bugler, Score and Threat. But I still, you want Fitzsimons and Merchant back in that mm. defence if possible. But yeah. the plus of getting Howard and Scully and getting lots of minutes there um, was really good. No, I think the, I think the Kildare are a better, better team than Loth. Like as much as Dublin's intensity and not attitude, but their kind of commitment to the cause was down a bit against Kildare for some reason. It didn't seem like a do or die game. I think the Kildare are better than Loth. So it was it was always going to be that game is going to be tougher. But I wouldn't give I wouldn't give Galway any points for beating Sligo. I wouldn't give Kerry any uh, credit for beating Clare and I wouldn't give Dublin any credit for beating Lowe's. Like those championships are set up for a hammering. So I don't think it, it gives us any indication. Those three provincial finals were a waste of time. That's uh, the finals were a bush. It was Gal- a joke. Galway got a bit in terms of the earlier rounds the Roscommon game in Hyde Park. They would have taken a bit from that but I agree for, for Kerry and for Dublin through the Leinster Championship. Like, I actually think for Dublin, that that bad performance against Kildare is actually a really good thing. <laughs> I said this at the time. Yeah, kicked them on a bit. To, to, be, to get a, a kick in the arse, basically. And you could see that reaction from them. So, like, the, the positives I would say, uh, take the opposition out of it, Kerry, their cohesiveness up front against Clare, okay, albeit it's against the uh, opposition they're always going to beat, but there was a sharpness in Kerry's attack and play. It was like, just show us something that you're back trending yeah. towards the four you were in last year. I thought we've seen that from, from Kerry for, for periods in that game. So that's a plus for them. They, they have a massive step up, obviously, to Saturday in Fitzgerald Stadium against against Mayo. But that was a positive for them to take. And for Dublin, like it was yesterday, played against kind of poor opposition in the end. I thought their impact they got off the bench. But also that, that 10 or 12-minute period in the first half where they were just... It was like Dublin of old. It was like we're, we had we spotted a weakness and we are going to absolutely kill you guys on it. And that that was like that's a mental thing that I seen from Dublin yesterday, which was really really good. The rest yeah. of it, yeah, like, like 50, that, 50 minutes or there's not a whole point to take that one ten without replying the first half was as awesome from Dublin as it was. Mm-hmm. You know, poor from Loud. Like, and I, look at that Leinster final. I don't think will define Loud's year. They've had another really positive year in their Mickey Hart. They've got three group games now with Kerry, Mayo and Cork and I think we'll be talking about them a bit over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Before their next game, we might come back to how they can move on from this Dublin game and what they can implement to, to get it better. Mulroy obviously um, delivered on the score sheet and they struggled really apart from that. They have a huge game against Cork. Like that is, Massive. that's, a big that's game. their season there. That's their season. They beat yeah. Cork. They're, They're probably going to be in the playoff against the third, second place. Yeah. One win gets you through. So, but, yeah. but isn't that the same with Clare losing the Munster final? They've got Donegal coming to Ennis. Like they, they, they're okay, mm-hmm. there's the marquee games with like the top, traditionally top teams in the country coming this Saturday. But those games around for Loud and Cork, what a massive game that is. Huge. And the same with, with Clare and Donegal and Ennis. They're, they're probably they're evenly matched, aren't they? You would have to say that those yeah. teams, and I think they'll be intriguing games in the next couple of weeks. Donegal you'd have to say I have a free shot coming into this one. Nobody is giving them a hope. <laughs> it's a free no. shot, isn't it? I, I think it know. is a free shot. I think a lot of people have written off Donegal for 2023 and they're just saying, you know, let's write off 2023. I think that squad are coming into this with a free shot, which is a dangerous thing. For I players. don't think the players 
take of it as a free shot. Do you reckon they're under pressure? Like, it depends on how they've rallied the troops. Like, have they gone in and said, lads, this is Donegal football. Like, we have, we're not throwing away a year. This is huge mm. for all of us. This is our career. We can't just park a year because we had the managerial <laughs> blip. Do you know, we don't, you don't know when this is going to come round again. I say one or two wins there and their, their year is transformed. But I think they're down 11 bodies from the 15 that played the Ulster final last year. If I'm right, like in terms of the the player even turnover, the, the quality of bodies, Michael Murphy, Paddy McBrady, Roy McHugh, like three of your best players. They're like two each, yeah, that's like, like six players. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there, there is young quality players in Donegal, but I said it when they lost it down in Uri, it just looks like there's a big rebuild job there. But if you're, like, I could not agree with more what you're saying, Jimmy. If you're in that camp as players, you, you can't just go, oh, but well, look, it's a rebuild. <laughs> we'll yeah. come back we'll come back next year in Division 2 and try and turn it around but still yeah. and that's the interesting thing and I know we're, we're going to touch on this now the teams that were beaten early in the championship Mayo being the prime example we haven't seen them for five weeks mm. you know yeah. what What do we see this weekend and what will we see from teams who've had three or four weeks off what have they tweaked what have they worked on players who were in really good form are they out of form if they haven't played in, in, in over a month uh, guys might have been injured and now they're back they've had a training a training block under their belt so it's a, it's a unique setup yeah. where we could kick off on Saturday the All-Ireland Series and for one like the, what a game to start at mm. Killarney on Saturday afternoon don't get into it yet because we'll be coming back to that in a couple of minutes' time. You are listening to episode 20 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James Donoghue. It's brought to you every week by AIB, proud sponsors of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. We are going to come back after this and we're going to look at Galway Tyrone, Kerry Mayo in a bit of depth. Uh, we'll also talk about the Touch and Cup and the comments of one Donal Cusack after Ooh. the break. Uh, a word, Paddy, before we go into the break, Kildare have won their second All-Ireland Under-20 title in five years at the weekend. Um, they pulled away from Sligo. Comprehensive. Pulled away from Sligo in the end. Yeah, Sligo were, were probably missing two of their best players, their captain and Dylan Walsh. And Kildare, yeah. though, put in a, a really impressive performance. It was a um, savage performance from, from Kildare. And kind of the, the, you're right, I think Sligo just ran out of gas. They, what an incredible run they've been on. But mm. I suppose missing a couple of key injuries didn't help their cause. And Kildare, look... They would have been hurting from from it was them on the other end of a result like that in last year's All Ireland final where they were well beaten by by a brilliant Toronto team. So for for Brian Flanagan and that Kildare team, a comprehensive win and they were full value for for Sligo. Look, it's start, it's the key is get these guys transitioning into that senior team with Tony McAdee as soon as possible if they can. Losing that game is not the end of the world. Okay, for those for that group. They feel like what an, an amazing achievement it would have been to have won an All Ireland. But we always say it with underage teams, it's about a pathway into the senior team and trying to make them successful. So I'm sure a lot of those Sligo players will be seeing them in, in the coming years. It's important that that transition is managed for them. But for Kildare, for Brian Flanagan, back to back Leinster titles, comprehensive All Ireland winners. What a brilliant, brilliant job he's done. And for Kildare, no more, no different from Sligo. Get these guys into that senior team. Manage that transit. Mm-hmm. They were the best team this year. There's no two ways about it. I seen them against Dublin. Watched it the weekend as well. Obviously, can we get six, eight of these guys into our senior team to complement what's what's already there and, and bring that winning mentality and that winning culture back into their football? Because it's a, it was a brilliant victory for them. Yeah, yeah. In 100%. both those camps, you'd be hoping that. 
that they go in the coaches and mentors and adults in, in those camps go in and say lads this is the start yeah, of the journey the not this is not the end you've not just gone and had a great championship and now you say right that's it I'm a Kildare under 20 forever I'm a, I'm a Sligo under 20 forever they have to go and treat it like the start and go and park that and go on and take that senior team because Kildare actually have some unbelievable under 20 teams in the last couple of years yeah, go on and yeah. take that senior team by the scruff of the neck and off you go because that's where the real reward is you know, the, the 20s championships are to bring players through. They're not the end of the story for those lads. So I think they should be put under pressure to to get straight into the seniors. Yeah, well said. Um, wise words. And uh, they obviously got quite a few players from their last under-20 All-Ireland winning campaign. Aaron O'Neill and goals. Uh, just having a quick look here. Masterson Highland. would have played. Jimmy Highland, Highland yeah. Tony Archibald would have played senior football. Paddy Woodgate um, and a couple of others as well. So they've got plenty of uh, plenty of a tune out of that team and they'll be hoping to do the same with this um, under 20 side. We're going to be back right after these with uh, more football on the Football Pod. All right, you're very welcome back to episode 20 of the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. If you haven't heard of it, it's a sort of Gaelic football grand national for disappointed <laughs> also rants. They're the words from the president of the GPA, Don Locusa. What is this about? Like, because, you know, on one hand, we're looking at the tankings in provincial finals and we're complaining about that. And then we're looking at seeing the Talchon Cup. I don't know if you saw the scenes afterwards. Carlo turning over Wicklow, um, yeah. getting a massive result, uh, reversing the fixture from earlier in the summer. Westmead, the scenes last year. Like, there's kids in Westmead that, that think their county team won the Sam Maguire last year. You know, there's a bit of excitement, a bit of belief. I don't know. I don't know what you thought. This really annoyed me last week when I heard that from Donald. I, I, like, I, I was surprised, I have to say. I, I thought Donald Logue, obviously, there was a big spotlight on him after his Sunday game. Uh, really, uh, his take on things with, with the GA Go scenario and the Munster Hurling Championship, I thought most of that was pretty well received, particularly by the Hurling community. But that's, I was just surprised for a particular someone involved in the GPA to, to just come out. That's like a cheap shot at the other sport that the Talda Cup doesn't really matter. The Talda Cup is needed. We said this from day one and all the teams, to be fair to their credit, last season and so far this season have really engaged in it because they know what's needed. And we that's the challenge with the football championship is there are big discrepancies at the highest level. There's a cohort of teams who are just, we see it in the Wiltshire finals, there's, there's clearly a need to have a secondary competition and comments like that from someone in the GPA I just, I just whatever about that. I just, I don't like that style of. I want to make my own point by slating someone else and, and a different sport. I just, I'm very, very surprised that Don Log. I wouldn't have expected that from him. I have to say, I know Colin Rourke came out actually really well. His response to it, the Talton Cup as we're football fans, supporters. I love her as well, but in defence of the Talton Cup, it's clearly a competition that's needed. We see that even in, in its first year, it was a massive success and it's only going to get better. But but stuff like that, comments like that from pretty high profile GA people, just surprising that Don Lowe go down that road. Just would have expected a lot more from him, I have to say. James? Yeah, that, it was disappointing, but like I don't really care what Don Lowe says about football at the same time. Like he has, <laughs> he obviously has his own agenda, but his own agenda was go down swinging and take every other sport down, yeah. down with him. He went after rugby. He's gone after football. It just sounds 
bitter and jealous. Yeah. It's just, it had a, the wrong tone. He went at it the wrong way. I guarantee if he looked at it now, he'd say, why did I say that? But I don't think anyone in, in football circles really is going to take any notice of what, what Don Logue says about but our what our product because it is it's at the best it's ever been probably yeah yeah I think that's fair there was eight games in Touch Cup this weekend and on Saturday the favourites all won and I think that's what you're going to see regardless of what the competition is or the tiers you're going to have it not every you're not going to have 33 teams competing for something here but the likes of Mead Cavan Down Offaly they're obviously taking this seriously to try and progress the squads that they have Down dispatched to Waterford 214 to 1-6 um Oral Murdoch again scoring a really good goal. You can see from the highlights on Saturday night. Cavan, uh, Bet Leash, they pulled away in the second half. That was quite a close game early on. 220 to 114. The Limerick Longford game went down to the wire. I don't know if you saw the the penalty that uh Limerick got where Mickey Quinn did quite similar to what Oran Lynch did and protected the ball in the line with his body, but the referee seemed to deem that he touched it on the ground or Paddy Collum made a foul on the ground. So uh, as the ball was on the line, on the on the goal line, they, he gave a penalty. So Limerick won that game by a goal and Mead one nineteen to 11 point winners over Tipperary. I'd have to admit I was following this game on the radio <clears throat> and after 10 minutes it was three points to no score to Tipperary. And uh, I was just just worried for a minute or two. But, You've uh, lost they, our faith, Tommy. That's the problem. I, I haven't lost, lost faith. faith. In the I, I haven't lost faith. I haven't. And That's a good win for them, though. Good win. Ne- and a, you know a what? Needed win. A needed win. For them. There was there was a couple of changes that made a big difference. Connor Gray came into midfield. He's a kid. He's a unit. This fella's a monster. Kicked a brilliant point from twenty yards or from forty yards. Uh, they moved Jack Flynn to centre forward, and Ronan Jones came back to the middle third. So they had a presence in the middle. Sean Coffey, who made his debut against Offaly, was arguably man of the match at wing back, a young fella playing there. They had another uh, defensive minded player playing wing forward, and they had a couple of other debutants as well. Aaron Lynch scored 1 3 on his debut. There have been calls for a long time in the county for Aaron Lynch to get in a, defense get a of shot. this, Tommy, right? And I know we, we said it a couple of weeks ago, made losing to Offaly was a catastrophic result for them in the grand scheme of things. But if they can get a tune out of this Talton Cup, I don't think they're going to win it. But the guys, the, the lads you're mentioning, they're young guys winning senior championship matches. Like me, they have to go back to go forward in a way. Like the reality was, if, if they got somehow get crowded or so draw and get to a Leinster final and they're in the All Ireland series, would me being beaten by three teams by 20 points to go, would that have helped them really in the long run? So I'm glad to see that they're going after this Talton Cup. Um, they might win it. I, like, I don't think they're at that level just yet. But for those young players to win three or four senior championship games against yeah. opponents at their level, that, that, not just for me, that's why for so many teams, the Talented Cup is a crucial, crucial platform, platform for them. Otherwise, what else would they be doing? Yeah, you know, that's, the that's finished. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's absolutely needed. Andy McEntee made the same point. Um, Donald O'Cusack's comments were put to him after Antrim had a big win against Leitrim and it's been a tough time for Leitrim. Obviously, they had the, the New York defeat mm-hmm. and I think they were they were hoping to get back to winning ways against Antrim. Um, they're from Manor next, from Manor Drew at Wexford. But, but McEntee said after the game, how are you supposed to catch the teams ahead of you if you're knocked out in May or June and they're still playing till August? 
they're still playing until July or late July you're just never going to make up the ground if your games end so early so if teams take it seriously it's going to go a long way so Antrim obviously uh, pulled away from Leitrim they scored three goals in the last 15 minutes in that game they won by nine points from Mana drew at Wexford a late draw for Wexford a big result for Wexford Offaly bet London they were I think they were 1-8 to no score up at one stage they won that game by nine points as well and Carlo kicked the last six points of the game a shock probably the, the shock of the Tatchen Cup this weekend to beat Wicklow 17 points to 113 so that's a big result for yeah. Nile Cruz men so another 8 games this weekend it's a similar setup to the All-Ireland Round Robin series there's a lot of matches until we rule teams out James let's turn to Killarney this weekend we're both covering this game for off the ball we haven't seen also live in Diego but Paddy you guys are going to be at goal with Thrones so we'll come to that game in a second we haven't seen Mayo in 5 weeks Kevin mm-hmm. McStay announced his panel during the week a 36 strong panel he's got 3 injury doubts Kieran O'Connor, Roy Brickenden and Brendan Harrison. Everyone else seemingly good to go, ready to rock. We saw Kerry two weeks ago. Would you be looking for anything new from Kerry this week than what we saw against Clare? Is there something different you'd be looking for? Clare obviously put 15 points up against them. I think, I expect, well, from Kerry, I think that they'll be expecting as well Mayo to come out with a savage bounce. Yeah, like Mayo are, are around the place now, and they're watching other teams, and they're they're seeing other teams going well and getting praise, and they're sitting at home chomping at the bit, chomping at the bit is what Mayo are doing, and they're going to have gone and they're going to have trained like absolute animals for a month, and they're going to come out of the blocks here. If anything else, if their their skills are off, whatever doesn't matter, they are going to physically come out of the blocks in the first fifteen minutes and just go for it in Clarny. I think it's going to be. I can't wait till the ball what is thrown in. I think game. it's going to be this a savage be. game. I think. I think Kerry then are the opposite. Kerry have played two, two kiss my arse games realistically. <laughs> I mean, but they've done their training block. They've already done their training block. They've played two games. We don't really know where Kerry are, but what it is going to be is a physical, aggressive leggy start to that game and that's what's <laughs> going to be that's what's going to be the the main talking about I don't think it's going to be that tactical a battle in the first half I think it's just going to be all in and it, let's go for it because I don't think that, that Mayo have enough have enough played to go at it too tactically and I don't think that, that Kerry have enough behind them either I think the way Kerry play will actually suit Mayo <laughs> that it will be like Kerry will play in the front foot they'll It'll be nearly man to man all over the pitch. There'll be a couple of players trying to cheat off, obviously, in transition, but this will be a frantic game. Mayo are at their best when it's chaos. We've said that so many times. We said it mm-hmm. through the National League. When it's flat to the mat, they are one of the top teams in the country. The approach that Ross Common, the ambush Ross Common laid out for him with Davy Burke, that will not be a style that Kerry will play. I'd be amazed if they did. Um, and that the biggest challenge for Mayo. I feel, is when they're faced with that really set structure defence. I said this at the time when they lost to Roscommon. I think of the top teams and the National League champions and one of the contenders for the All-Ireland, they're probably the weakest at breaking that type of challenge down. But I don't think here you're going to present that challenge to them on Saturday. So, And I agree with, with, with James, your point. If you're a Mayo player, losing that game, to go from week on week on week on a high, win the National League and then lose in such a flat performance against Roscommon and watch the last five weeks as all these mm-hmm. championship games are going in. They are going to come out like a train in Fitzgerald mm-hmm. Stadium on Saturday. What a game this is going to be. Uh, can't wait for it. 
live on Diego, obviously. Great coverage coming up. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to be there. We're in, we're in Salt Hill. So you guys are doing It's it only there. 59.99 to shoot in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gotta cut that film. You talked to Donald Oak there, were you? <laughs> two for oh. one, two matches for life. <laughs> um, but in terms of what what Mayor are going to do, I think that from the games that we've seen, Paddy Clifford has run the show. Run the show. I think that all, all the top teams kind of know that, and they're going to put someone on party and it depends if Kerry can still get him enough ball to dictate because the relationship he has with with David obviously inside the relationship he has with every forward he'll pick them out with passes I think that matchup is huge for Mayo and then on the other side you're looking at Tom Sullivan against against Ryan O'Donoghue which is going to be a huge matchup um, and if Tom can look after Ryan and put him on the back foot and get up the field then that's going to be a huge battle one for Kerry. So they're, they're two huge battles, I think, in that game. Whoever Tom is marking, I think it'll be Ryan. And whoever picks up Potty, if Potty can get the better of better of him, I think that puts Kerry in a, in a great place. Do we expect Jason Foley to go with Aidan O'Shea? That seems like a good match, physically. Yeah, I think that's probably the only option. He Well, they actually changed and they put Dylan Casey in for a spell in the league. Um, yeah. Dylan Casey played cornerback actually against Clare and uh, must have played very that'd well. Be, that'd be a bit of a mismatch though, physically, no? Casey and O'Shea. I know he's wiry. I, I think know. they changed it for the physicality, to be honest. Oh, okay. um, no, be interesting. I don't know how they're going well, to the thing about Foley obviously got a nick at the very, very end of the Munster final against Clare. Literally the final yes. whistle blues. So you're kind of thinking no more so than we're talking with Jeff McCaffrey yesterday, do do any teams take a risk with a guy? Now, it might have just been cramped, but it looked, looked like he might have pulled something uh, just to tackle on Keelan Sexton, but I'd love to see that if they were good to go. Can Aidan O'Shea, who's had a brilliant year today for Mayo, can he carry that on? That's Mayo are a bit of an unknown, lads. <laughs> you know, mm. We're used to seeing them every single week, and it was like they were getting better and better and better. Then there's the, the speed bump against Roscommon. What Mayo will we see who's going to be in top form for them because it's been five weeks is an age isn't it between championship yeah. games there. And can I you think come... aerially aerially as well Mayo need to have addressed that over the, the break because they've been cleaned out from kickouts yeah, a yeah. bit so if they're if they're doing a press which they do like doing and Kerry go along and win primary possession then that's there. going to be danger danger for Mayo. I think they will have addressed it, whatever they're going to do. They have a great midfield in, in Rouen and O'Connor, well, but they probably need a bit of help aerially for the presses. They're great well, athletically. They're, they're, they're yeah. not massive fielders. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm looking forward to seeing. O'Connor and Jack Barry. So, yeah. What I'm looking forward to seeing this weekend is Jeremy O'Connor against Jeremy O'Connor because I think Jeremy <laughs> O'Connor of Kerry is on the brink of producing some massive performances this summer. I don't oh. think we've seen the best of that fella yet. I think he just, he looks like he is about to unleash it. Um, himself and mine, him really set the tone physically, I thought, against Clare. And yeah. I'm gonna, I think we're going to see... Dermot started out and he was, he was light. He's put a lot of work into, into his body to transform into like a, a tackling machine he was against Clare the last yeah. day. So I think if he can bring that physicality, he oozes class in attack. The way he, he goes, he, the way he covers ground is just so effortless and he has a couple of points in him. So yeah. I think you're right. I hope you're right. I think this could be his time. 
Come here, before we get into Galway Tyrone, um, Glass said it after the match that he has Shane McGuigan in there behind Con and Clifford in the top two players in the country. Do you agree with that? I, I do, thought, yeah. I thought yesterday was, was a massive performance from me. Yeah, on form right now, yeah, in the country. Yeah, but let's, if Rhino Dunphy yeah. goes down and lights it up on Saturday, what do we say there? Yeah. Or Damien Conner I think, McGuigan is, I think <laughs> yeah. McGuigan is number two at the minute, isn't he? But I think McGuigan is different because you can tell he takes he takes everything on his shoulders. He's like, right, yeah. what's the score? Let me do this. Yeah. He doesn't wait for the game to come to him. He just attacks the game and drags drags a team with him. It's so, I don't know, it's just, but just it's, so admirable. I think he's a serious player. That was he's developed that change, hasn't he? Like, that, isn't yeah. that the, that's what we're saying. That, like, if you look at, on the other side for Turbot and Mernon yesterday, they're not at that stage yet. Like Turbot has quality. Yeah, Wigan has exactly. learned to, like it's very rare. A young guy doesn't just come into a team and he's a leader. You earn your stripes. Mm. Do, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's why I, I think Ryan O'Donnell who has those characteristics for Mayo that he he, he see, like he'll work hard. If Thomas Sullivan's bringing him down the pitch, he'll work hard. He he does a shift for the team. Can he go out and put in a big performance? We've seen Comer at different stages. We're waiting on Shane Walsh to light it up. We see Tyrone again on Saturday. That's Canavan, thing, yeah. Dara Canavan and, and Darren McCurry. I, they were incredible for 35 minutes against Monaghan. Then it all goes to Shit. Second half. Yeah. What do we see from them? That's going to be a cracking game. Joyce yeah. Joyce was obviously at the Ulster final. You got there was a great Big shot match, of him yeah, in Clonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I think Keanu Neal, in hand. Keanu Neal could have been close to him as well. Um <laughs> he spent eighty quid on Bubu Zaylis. <laughs> <laughs> what are we uh, are we expecting shadow boxing in these first games or no. are teams gonna go for it like? Not Kerry Mayo. I don't think there'll be any shadow boxing there. In Galway, Tyrone, I think it'll be a slower <sighs> start, all right. I think that it'll be a more cagey opening. Well, wait for Paddy Andrews to sell it. Go on, Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> this game, you can get this for just 75 quid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think th- these two games, lads, there have been shadow boxing for the last five months. I know. It's time. I'm sick of it. It's time to go and let's show us what you're made of. I think as players, we, we've played in these games, Jimmy, coming into the summer. You're playing against one of the other top teams. It's the championship. You are ready for road right mm. now. For Galway, like, Galway basically had the Connacht final off. <laughs> do, 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 do you know what I mean? It, it was a, as you said, a kiss my arse game. I haven't used that phrase before, but I like that. <laughs> I'll use that. You can Saturday. have it. You can I'll use take that it. on Saturday for the covers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd love to be at both of them, obviously, with the scheduling. It doesn't allow it. Get the chopper from Clarity back up to Salt Hill. But, um, I still think, similar to Armagh, I think Tyrone have big quality. I think that second half display against Monaghan was just, they, we talk about a team review on that. That made another clear the I mean, for Tyrone. But the yeah. first half display, they absolutely eviscerated them. They looked, the shape they had up front with Canavan and McCurry, the bit of edge in their play, they should not have lost that game. But yeah. I would expect, the more sort of Mayo's response to Roscommon, I think, what we'll see from Toronto, I'd, I'd expect a big sting from them on on Saturday evening. Will it be enough to beat Galway at Salt Hill? I have to tune tough in to game. watch. Yeah. Very tough game. But James, don't give me a prediction. Tell me what you want to see. From Tyrone, I want to see the first half again against Monaghan. And, and I want to see what they do with McShane. I want to see, do they leave him out? Or are they going to fit him in? Are they going to use him off the bench as an impact because he's definitely a trump card that they haven't gotten a tune out of yet. So that's a huge possible addition for them. But 
I can't wait to see McCurry and Canavan link up again. Yeah. I think that they're serious scope for for improvement as well as they've delivered already. I think that they're two such clever players. They can be they can be brilliant. And on the Galway side, I want to see Shane Walsh do McGuigan. I want to see him take yeah. the game by the scruff of the neck and say, "Lads, I'm here. Give it to me. Let's go with me," because otherwise he has the not it could go the other way from whereas he's almost getting a bit of stick in the press and he's getting his confidence is getting knocked I think it's an important game for Shane Waltz to just go and mm. set the tone for himself again and put all questions about his about his leadership basically is what it is to bed just have an outstanding game the weekend show everyone what he's about I think that'll be important for him for the rest of the year okay there are 12 football matches this weekend between the Talchon Cup and the All-Ireland Series. Round one of the All-Ireland Series. Claire Donegal on Saturday, Cusick Park in Ennis at two o'clock, Kerry Mayo in Fitzgerald Stadium, Galway Throne in Pierce Stadium in Salt Hill. They're both on GA Go. Sligo Kildare is on Sunday in Markovich Park. In the Talchon Cup, we have seven games on Saturday. London Cavan in Royslip, Carlo Limerick, Longford Wicklow, Wexford Antrim, That'll be a good game. Leitrim from Manor will be a cracker as well in Park Sean McDermott. Mead go down to Farfield to take on Waterford and Leash face Offaly in a Midlands derby. Ooh. On Sunday, Tipperary are playing down in Semple Stadium. It's the opener for the Hurland where Tip take on Limerick a little later. So that's it, lads. The football is not slowing down. It's going to be a busy couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to catching up with you again next Monday on the Football Pod. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. And James and Paddy, thanks for joining me again. Thanks, Tom. Great, lads. Great pod again. Very good, wasn't it? Good work, boys. (laughs) 